We all want to be happier, but how do we get there? First, we start by realizing happiness is not a destination. Being happy consists of micro action steps every single day. I'm your host, Brittany King, and I'm here to guide you along the way. Welcome back to the Positively Real podcast. I'm your host and coach, Bree King, and I got a special guest for you. And this is a long time coming because Bree and I have been like, we just like, from the moment we met, we just like got each other. It was just like, we didn't really have to have a lot of conversation to be like, oh, I get you and you get me. Um, and we met, I, I feel like, did we, we met through Sierra, right? I'm pretty sure. I honestly don't know. I feel like it's been years, but then we met, met again for Hustle House. Yes. Yeah. We met, met through Hustle House. Cause I saw what you were up to and I was loving it. Cause it was so different. And then we just like kept connecting because we're kind of on the same journey and path. And here we are today. And I'm so excited to have you on the show and particularly to share your magic with listeners, but also for me to learn from you because you are a wealth of knowledge. So I'm just so glad (laughs) you're here. Hi. Thank you for having me. Hi. Of course. So give a little background on who you are and what do you, what are you up to in this world? Hi, I am Brianne Taylor or Brie for short. I am a behavior specialist, which just means I like to study people and I'm a weirdo. <laughs> um, I, <laughs> I've worked with people in the special needs population for the past 12 ish years. And then I found breath work and breath work totally shook me up. I was at a very low point in my life and breathwork completely rocked my world, which would led me down meditation and healing and all these different aspects. And so I started using that in my behavior coaching and my behavior strategy working. So that's what I am in a nutshell. I'm kind of all over the place, but also now I feel like my focus is really honed in on changing your behavior and the aspects of who do you want to be in this life? Remembering who you are and showing up as that person, that authentic soul, because you're here to change the world and getting out of the data piece, which that was all behavior was before. So Mm. yeah, a little bit of everything. Mm, I love it. So I, that's, that's why we're here today. Cause we are going to talk all about breath work and using breath work to feel your feelings. So you said that like, when you discovered breath work, it rocked your world. Tell me a little bit about why and how it rocked your world. <laughs> so I was at my 200 hour yoga teacher training and we did breath work. We'd all done pranayama and breath. You know, when you're at class, you do a little bit of breathing. Well, we did a breath work session. I was like, that's weird. They're going to teach us how to breathe. <laughs> I just didn't understand. And so we did an hour long breathing session and I flew away from my body. Like I went and traveled space. I understood. I saw things at the time. I had a really uh, difficult relationship with my mom and we hadn't spoken in years. And all of a sudden I was like, oh. That's why, oh my goodness. And I could just see things with clarity and without judgment. And I really, for the first time, allowed myself to feel all of these 
quote unquote negative emotions of anger, frustration, um, judgment, resentment, and just allowed them to be and realized it was neither good or bad. Finished up my YTT training. It was a 30 day intensive and I left and breathwork. Clearly it was just not the right timing. I didn't find it again until about a year, year and a half later. And I had just been in a really bad motorcycle accident. So I was stuck in bed for a few years, couldn't walk. I had crazy nerve pain. I was at my low. So I knew I was running from things because when I got hit, I knew it like I'd seen it already, which sounds weird, but it was like my third warning when I got hit. So here I was stuck in bed and I was forced to deal with all the stuff I'd been running from. And when I could start to get a little more able, I went to this breathwork session. I was like, whatever, I'll try it. I was trying everything. And again, it blew my mind because I was out of my body having this experience where I could understand why things had happened. And I could see it from such a beautiful perspective of, it was almost like I wasn't human. I was seeing myself from outside of myself. And I just understood why. And it gave me some relief. It gave me some clarity. And from there, I went crazy into self-help and meditation and sound healing and Reiki and acupuncture, like every modality possible. Because I realized my pain, yes, it was real. It was physical. I had been run over by a car, but it had been two years and I hadn't I hadn't had any success. I was actually getting worse. And that's when I started to realize that healing, when I got hit, it not only hurt me physically, but it brought up all the emotional, mental turmoil that I'd been bearing. And here I was stuck in a bed, nowhere to run or hide or avoid. And so I just sat in it. And it was hindsight, the most incredible, beautiful journey and gift that I unfortunately needed. <laughs> I could have learned it the easier way, but I chose not to. But when I was in it, it was hard. I mean, when you dive into your healing journey, not just physical, but the emotional, mental, spiritual piece, it takes you for a ride and it's gross. It's ugly. It's dark. It's, it's all the emotions. And that was the first time of my life where I really allowed myself to cry and to feel. And I was 30 at the time. Like I, I don't remember crying since I was a teenager. I shoved it all down. I was fine. I always put on a good face. I was toxic positivity, truly. Like I could help everyone else, but I was not, I didn't allow myself to feel or to share that piece of myself. And so that in the nutshell is kind of where I got started. I was in a really, really dark area and I, I was desperate. I was either find something to help me get out of this hole or I felt I felt like I was giving up. I never was suicidal. I never um, had the super, super dark thoughts, but I was depressed for my first time in my life and I was ready to give up because nothing was working. And doctors, they weren't helping at the time. I was just kind of in the system. And so breath work was the gateway to my healing journey. That's why I love it so much. 
Mm. And isn't it so interesting that like our darkest moments are like the moments of enlightenment. <laughs> and I think yeah. that it's like, it's always hindsight looking back and thinking like, wow, that moment was so transformative. And it's those moments that force you to sit with the, like you said, quote unquote, bad emotions when they're not bad, they're just hard. They're hard to feel. They're challenging. We are very used to as a society shoving those emotions down. Like we just never were given permission to, to feel those emotions. So how does breath work? And like, for someone's listening, that's like confused by breath work, kind of like how you were, (laughs) right? Like, kind of like, you're like, we're going to, we're going to sit here and breathe for an hour. Cause there's breathing, right? Like to keep you alive. Right. But then there's also like breath work and there's a huge distinction. So let's just start with the basics and break that down. And then we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about, um, tying it into feeling your emotions. So breath work is basically just breath control. So with breath work, you are manipulating the inhales and the exhales to get a different outcome. So there is breath work you can use for frustration, for relaxation, for focus, to go Um, experience different states of consciousness, which is the kind I was originally talking about. That is like a breath journey. There's also integrative breath work where you just use on the daily. Um, So breath work is truly just pranayama breath control and learning how to manipulate your breath to calm the nervous system. It's all about the nervous system. Mm, It is. It's all about the nervous system. Uh, if only we knew that years ago I know some people did but I didn't no No. and it's it it makes so much sense so the nervous system breath work and the nervous system tell me a little bit more about like that connection and why it's so important to practice your breath work so you can calm your nervous system so Often, like I can talk about anxiety easy. Either we've all experienced anxiety, maybe you hadn't up until 2020, but we've all seen it or experienced it in some way. So anxiety happens from our breath. It's usually when we're holding our breath and we're nervous, we're anxious, we're not feeling confident or comfortable. And therefore we hold the breath. With breath work, you really focus on the exhale and lengthening the exhale because that calms the nervous system. So you have your parasympathetic, which is your rest, calm, digest, and you have your sympathetic, which is the fight, flight, run. Most of us live in this land. We're always walking on eggshells, making sure we're making everybody happy, making sure the boss is good. Oh, I hope you like me, whatever it may be. We live in this state of anxiety, of fight or flight. And so to shift into this other calm state, we really benefit by focusing on our exhale. So when we get tense, we hold in and hold the breath and we don't really breathe out very long. So when you start to notice this, if you just focus on the breath and extend the exhale, you can start to calm the nervous system. Most of us live in this heightened state because that's our go-to, that's our normal. For me, I would have said no. I never lived in here, but then looking back, I always lived in this heightened state until I started realizing these calming strategies and incorporating them. 
and practicing, like it's truly a daily practice and started realizing, oh, I can control my reactions and my responses and I can really manipulate how I respond to life through the breath. And that's kind of where it started was just this manipulation. And it's such a simple, simple thing to do once you know it. It's just a matter of putting it into practice whenever you feel that heightened arousal. Mm-hmm. It's so good. And it makes so much sense because, you know, I think anxiety, everyone experiences anxiety in some, it's in some sort of capacity. And I think for me, I never identified with it, but it showed up in other ways that now I'm super aware of. But really like anxiety is just trying to tell you something. It's like, it's a, it's, yeah. a, it's alerting you of something, but like in your environment that might be posing a quote unquote threat, even though it's now our responsibility to breathe. So then we can assess and realize that it's not an actual threat. Right. Right. So when someone is new to this, cause it is so true. It's like, when we're learning these modalities and like the breath is simple, we have it, it's free. It's like literally right here. Right. Um, but we forget, right. Like it's so easy to forget, like, I like feeling really anxious, panic attacks, you know, all of the things that, that come up that's related to holding our breath. So how do you introduce someone into breath work or like, how do you get someone to practice it regularly or daily, because like you said, it is a practice. It's not just something like, Oh, got to do my breath work today. It's like, no, doing it consistently is going to help you, you know, be more responsive instead of reactive. Right. So that's, this is where I put on my behavior hat and it's just successive approximations. So starting small, if you start out saying, I'm going to do 30 minutes every day and you've never done it, you're not going to be successful. Most likely. So it's just starting small. And I personally started first thing in the morning because as soon as I sit up from bed, I do a few breaths and it would start out my day in the right direction. And kind of like a workout, if you get it done in the morning and your day gets crazy, you did it. So it started there. Um, just you know, starting out your morning with five, 10 breaths. And once you feel that and you start to feel the changes and you start to make a habit out, out of it, move up to two to five minutes, something so small, like two to five minutes can completely change your life completely. And I say that with reading the book breath by James Nestor. It's so simple. Two minutes a day can truly impact your anxiety, the way you breathe, the way you hold yourself so much. So start small. Okay. I love that. I love a good resource. So yes, starting small and, you know, what about like, what do you think since, since you are like a behavior specialist, you know, as it comes to like building those habits, starting small is key. Um, what else would help someone get into a regular practice of breath work? I love alarms. So mm-hmm. setting a reminder in your calendar or just setting a daily alarm. That is what I use. That is what I use for my clients. Just that little reminder throughout the day. Another mm-hmm. thing is don't get crazy with your breath. Start small with something like belly breath. Most of us breathe in our chest. We don't breathe down into our ribs, our stomach, our bellies. So just closing the eyes and putting the hands on that space in the body and inhaling and exhaling for five, 10 breaths, start focusing on bringing that air down and feeling an expansion. That for some people is plenty. 
five, 10 breaths a day will make a drastic difference if you can start bringing that air down into the belly. Mm, I love that. Um, you mentioned belly breath and I know there's probably like tons of different types of breath work. I mean, I know that for a fact, um, like box breathing is one of my personal favorites. Um, what Mm -hmm. are your go-tos or like, what are the type of breath work that you find to be the most helpful with yourself and your clients? Um, kind of depends on what I'm going for. So the morning breath that I told you, I wake up and I now do it every single day. It's become my habit. I love it because it's an energizing breath. So for that breath, you're breathing inhale to exhale very quickly. So, so I do that. I breathe for 20 rounds and I hold my breath. So if you want to do a breath hold and practice that, when you hold at the top, you're energizing. So you'll inhale, hold, and then exhale, release. That's energizing. If you want to be grounded, if you want to be secure and just feel strong for your day, you want to do a bottom hold. So you do your 20 rounds and then inhale, exhale, hold the breath at the bottom, hold it as long as you can, and then take a breath. So that's the one I love for mornings because it's quick, it's feisty, and it it gets me going. I love that. And it's so interesting because as we're recording this podcast, I haven't given birth yet, but I have been practicing breath exercises. I took a hypnobirthing course, which is like all about breath work and visualization and all those, all that good jazz. Uh, And that's what they, you know, when it's your pushing breath, when there's a surge, you inhale for 10, you hold it. And then you exhale, releasing your jaw, like relaxing everything. But then you use that breath for your pushing breath, which is you hold it at the top and then exhale, which makes sense because you need the energy to get the baby out. So you saying that I'm like, Oh, this is all making so much sense. I mean, it's all connected. I'm going through this hypnobirthing class and I'm like, yeah, this is what I do. Like, it was just so affirming. So it's like, this is what we need for everyday life, not just birthing. Um, and I, I found so silly, right. It seems so silly because it's so simple, but it's just not practiced enough or talked about enough. And it's again, something that we have access to all the time and free. Um, which is so funny. So what, like, what gets in the way? Like what gets in the way of like, if we know we're like, okay, so there's, you know, breathing, but then there's breath work and like people are constantly walking around fight or flight. They're feeling anxious, like on alert, what gets in the way from like using a tool like breath work? Oh, the list of, Oh, I'll do it later. Uh, it doesn't really help me that much right. or I mean, there's so many, and I can say that from my own journey, but also watching my clients, there's, there's always going to be something else. There's always going to be a crap ton of things to do in your day, but it's a matter of taking that space for yourself. And I think that right there is the hardest part. And with breath work, you feel. So if you do not, if you're not ready to face something or feel it, Breath work is easy to avoid because even in that quick energizing breath, I'm telling you about, say something's going on, it's going to come to the surface because all of a sudden my mind is distracted. I'm over oxygenating myself and the emotions come. So there's a plethora of things. It's just a matter of, do you want to be a better version of yourself? Can you put yourself first to say, Hey, hold on. I need to go breathe for a second because I'm going to explode or whatever it is. So that is personally my, have been my excuses. And what I see most in clients is 
just not making time for themselves in their day. And as we both know, it's so easy to put your clients and everyone else in front of you, but then that creates burnout and resentment and just craziness. So when I do this for myself, first thing of the day, or, Hey, I'm in the middle of my day. I'll be back. I'm going to go breathe. I do that because I find recalibration. I find balance. I find patience and I'm not going to bust on somebody, but if I forget and I'll just do it later, oh boy, that's when, you know, the reactions come in. So there's so many reasons. It's like a workout. You do it because you know, it makes you feel better, but until you start to feel that it is easy to put off. And I think you just nailed it with like the, it's going to bring up emotions. It's going to bring up things. And like, even before we hit record, I was like telling Bria, I was like, I'm feeling very annoyed today. (laughs) And like, and I have been, I sat with it and I meditated and I spent like almost an hour (laughs) just breathing. And I think also soaking in my last couple of days of the luxury of (laughs) just taking an hour being like, you know what? I need to go take an hour and just breathe. Um, But then I was telling her, I was like, I'm avoiding writing about it. Like I'm avoiding writing and seeing what's going on. That's causing this emotion. Like I was able to sit with it. uh, But it's funny because it's so much easier to just look outward. Right. And it's like, well, let me just yeah. check in with the client who, who needs me. Cause I don't want to be there for myself right now. And yes. you know, it's, it's, I share that. Cause it's like, you know, we're in this practice every single day. This isn't the type of thing that you're just mastering all the time. Like there's going to be ebbs and flows and waves. And sometimes it's really difficult to sit with your emotions and to sit with the thoughts that are creating your emotions and knowing that like, yes, you're safe, but like the more you do it, the more you are free. Like, it's freedom. And I found that it's like, you actually get to live your life because if you spend most of your time avoiding how you're feeling, you're not really living. So I want to talk about like why, how breath work and feeling your emotions tie in together because the skill of feel the skill of breathing is not something that we inherently have learned. And the skill of feeling is totally Mm. foreign. Like whenever I talk to a client about feeling your emotions, they're like, wait, what do you, like explain to me what you mean by that. And I'm like, allowing your emotion is a lot different than reacting to an emotion. And so how does breath work help facilitate the process of actually feeling and allowing your emotions? Mm, Love that. It gives you space and it's very gentle. Uh, I guess I shouldn't say that. Some breath work is not, but (laughs) For the breath part feels kind of violent. Like you're like, what has taken over me? (laughs) True. So let me rephrase. Some breath work, it can be very gentle and relaxing. And that is definitely the place to start. But it gives you the space to feel it because an emotion chemically only lasts 90 seconds in the body. So if you can understand that and allow yourself to sit with it for approximately 90 seconds. Mm And be curious, not judgmental, just stay open and curious. Okay, I feel very angry and frustrated at so-and-so. Why? I love you so much. Why do I feel angry? And usually, if you give it the space, it'll pop up. Uh-huh. So that, that to me is so powerful because we've already created a story around it. That's what we do. Our thoughts create our behavior, which create our emotions. 
And so if you can give yourself that space to figure out why you're having this emotion, usually the why is nothing too big. We've created a monster story about it, but in reality, oh, it gives you perspective. It gives you an understanding of why somebody did something rather than just you're an idiot or that was stupid. So that is really what helped me on my own feeling journey. And what I now teach to others is giving yourself just a moment because that's what we don't do. It's exactly like you said, we fill it up. Who can I help? What can I do? And that continues to grow inside of us, that energy, that emotion, because I just said it, all emotion is, is energy in motion. Mm -hmm. So we're just, we're almost amplifying it when we dodge it and ignore it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And there's only so, there's only so much ignoring that one can do. Uh, You know, I tell my clients this all the time. I'm like, that's all an emotion is just a vibration in our body. It's a chemical like response to something that we're thinking that we're not always conscious of. And like you said, it doesn't last longer than 90 seconds, but like the, the key is it won't last longer than 90 seconds if you don't interrupt it. Correct. So like we always end up interrupting it because we try to like avoid it or resist it. And, you know, like that quote is like what you resist persists and it always ends up coming back more intense and um, often knocks us on our butt even bigger than if we would have just addressed it. I think something too that, I've noticed within myself and my clients, but sometimes, okay, we allow an emotion and it's uncomfortable and we're like, okay. And then, you know, the emotion comes back and we're like, wait a second. I dealt with this already. (laughs) I'm so confused. I thought I dealt with the frustration. Why am I feeling frustrated again? And I think we forget that like, it's a wave and it's coming from your thoughts. And that's just maybe a sign, right? That like, it's time, there's some other stuff to, to clean up and address and like, um, love on. So, you know, right. when you tell me a little bit about how you use breath for that kind of like wave of emotion. Well, it's exactly like you said, as soon as you think you've gotten rid of it, it's woven into us. It's mm-hmm. in so many different aspects of our life. And it's kind of like the trigger, you know, that's a hot topic right now is triggers. Well, a trigger is just showing you your shadow. A trigger is just there to reflect what's showing up in your life. And that is woven in so many aspects because most of our programming, we run off of ages two to nine. That's who we are. Mm -hmm. And until you begin to look at that, you're going to repeat the same pattern. So in using it to help with your emotions, giving yourself grace and compassion, I think that is ultimately the key because it's not one and done. Mm -hmm. Some things maybe. But like, when is anything one and done? (laughs) And so just giving yourself that space. Yeah. Giving yourself that space to feel it. And then if it comes up again, it's greeting it familiar. Like, hey, okay, I thought I figured you out and dealt with you, but you're back. So what else is here for me? Because usually it's not just going to be one, one story attached to that emotion. It's many stories. So if you and I sort it out and deal it, And now I have to go deal with my coworker or my partner or whatever. It's going to look differently in each relationship. So it will continue to come up. And it's, it's very frustrating in the beginning, but now when you start to catch it, that's the fun part. 
it's noticing, ooh, I've been here before. I felt this before and getting ahead of it. And each time you just get better and better to where you start to respond rather than react. So there's no simple answer other than practice because it will continue to come up in different aspects of your life. And that I think for me, at least that was one of the most frustrating parts of being on your healing journey. It was good crap. How many times do I have to deal with this? But how many times did I squash it down in the past? How many times did I ignore and deny myself in the past? Probably hundreds. So if I'm only expecting to deal with it once, nothing in life is really that way. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's truly been a great lesson of self-compassion. And when you can show yourself that, that's how you learn to give it to others because we can only give others and show up for others as much as we've done for ourselves. Oh my gosh. There's so many things that you said. I'm like, yes, this is exactly <laughs> why Bree and I just like get each other. We could like <laughs> put us at a table. Like if you want a coffee date, like we'll just go off on this. So I'm like, oh, yeah. Two projectors. <laughs> like, yeah, we're two, uh, we're both projectors in human design. We both are like, yes. Anyway, um, I digress, <laughs> but there's something that you said. And I just, I, I want everyone, I want to make sure everyone that's listening hears this um, you know, this statement, because when it comes up again, it's just showing you. And I love the question of like, what else is here for me? I just, I love that you said that because that is a gift. Like, Oh, here it is again. What else is there for me to, to work through? Because I think that's a comp. And I think I ran into this so many times of being like, I worked on this. I dealt with it. Why is it coming back? And it's like, yeah, because that pattern is so embedded in my DNA from my life experiences. Oh, I just think one time I have a breakthrough and it's just gone. It's like, no, it keeps showing up in different settings in my life. And I think that that question is like, oh, what else is here for me? Not, oh, I thought I dealt with this already. Cause it is for you. It is for you. It's an invitation. And I think, you know, that mm-hmm. connection with your breath is what's going to help you find that space. Because when you're up here, you can't like when you're breathing in these short breaths and you can't think that way, you can't think what else is for me. There's too much tension. There's too much constriction, mm-hmm. but when you can relax and you're like, well, what else, like, what can I learn from this? Like what else is here for me? That's just such a beautiful invitation. I love that you said that. It's truly just changing the perspective because it's kind of like that thing that we hear is um, not what's it doing to me, but how is it for me or whatever. Yeah, or it's like, life doesn't happen to me. It happens for me. And yes. Yes. It, it's the, it's like, it's a total mindset switch, but it's, the, it is, I believe that to be true. Like, I, you know, that is my belief from my experience that anything that happens in your life will be some sort of blessing in disguise that you don't realize or you learn from it. And if you yeah. don't learn from it, that's on you because you can hundred like <laughs> percent back, right. It's going to come back. And I think, you know, I was actually talking to a client yesterday and we're working on her habits, small, tiny, tiny habits as a mom. And she was talking about how she used to love to follow her calendar, you know, back in the day when she was in school. And, and I'm like, it's, you have to look and give yourself that 
compassion and grace because you're now learning how to honor a schedule while also taking care of two little humans. And that's all new. And so you have to be able to give yourself that grace and, and, and look at it at, from the place of, okay, well, what can I learn from this instead of beating yourself up and being like, I should have this figured out by now. Like it shouldn't be this hard. I'm like, that kind of like talk is so detrimental and it seems so innocent. Totally. Well, we all do it. That's where a lot of us start from is, and you know, maybe there's some truth to that, but also how long did it take you to walk? You don't remember these simple things, but you know, you're getting ready to have a baby. And as you're going to learn so much in those early years of the dedication and babies don't know anything and they're then to do it again, do it again, do it again. They don't, they don't know what failure is. They're just like, I'm going to just, yeah, I love the exam. I'm so excited to look at it through a a newborn and a baby's eyes. It's beautiful. And what a, what a lesson to yourself, because I love failure too now, which failure used to not exist because I was a perfectionist, but now I've learned failure is how I tweak and how I modify. I love it when I try something like I just laugh now. I'm like, okay, I'm going to put on this event and we're going to do this. It's going to be epic and say nobody shows or four people. I'm like, well, these are the people that were supposed to be here. And now I know how to do it better. And it's that fail forward mentality. And you can't fail unless you try. And to be honest, that's where my success comes from. It's come from my hardest, darkest, grossest lessons and from the things that just didn't work out. And like, that's, I think being having the tool of accessing your breath is like when you're facing that feeling of failure or, you know, the challenging embarrassment or whatever it is, is learning how to breathe with that emotion and ride the wave of the emotion. So you don't hold on to it and then want to hide because that's what usually happens. Oh, I love it. Oh, it's so good. Okay. So (laughs) let's, um, let's like do an intro to breath. I know you kind of have get, we're giving some examples throughout, but, uh, let's just do to like close up this interview, just something really simple that someone could practice, you know, today. And then again, tomorrow. And then again, the next day, if this is kind of their introduction into breath work. Okay. I love it. So we'll start with belly breath and then I'll go into the 10 breaths that I do. If you want to look for energy. So, and I do this while while pregnant. Yeah, you can. (laughs) <laughs> these are safe. No worries. Okay, there's some breaths that you're not supposed <laughs> to do. <laughs> yes. These are good questions. Okay. And if you oh, are yeah. pregnant, check with your doctor, yeah. check, you know, check with your intuition. Is this okay? <laughs> so yes, Brittany, you do the first belly breaths and then the quick breaths. Um, I would sit out for that one. And then once you have baby, go for it. So wherever you are, find a comfortable seat or lie down. Just allow yourself to get cozy and feel held from the ground beneath you. And if you feel comfortable, close down your eyes or you can gaze at the floor right ahead. And as we practice this belly breath, bring your two hands to the outside of your lower ribs, your lower abdomen, almost like you're giving yourself a weird hug. And we're going to breathe in, expanding through the hands, the belly, 
And exhale, just sigh it out. Inhale, feel your hands moving outward, expanding. Exhale, release. Keep going. Inhale, feel your belly expand. Open the mouth and let it go. Two more. Inhale, feel your hands extending, expanding. Exhale, release. Last one. Inhale, the biggest breath you've got, filling up the whole body. And exhale, gently release. Just sit here for a moment, noticing how it feels, any tingling or sensations that may have come up. Just observing the body, observing your breath. And if you feel content here, just enjoy the effects. And if you wanna try an energizing breath, we're going to be inhaling through the nose, exhaling through the mouth very quickly. And we'll do a breath hold at the very bottom. So this one is good if you are not pregnant, if you do not have any heart conditions, if you do not have any respiratory issues, then we're going to breathe for 10 rounds and hold our breath at the bottom. So here we go. Inhale, exhale. Inhale, exhale, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Last breath, inhale fully, exhale, release and hold your breath at the bottom for 10, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, breathe. Allowing yourself to breathe naturally here. Noticing how your body feels. Noticing any tingling in the face in the arms. And whenever you feel content and complete, opening the eyes, bringing some awareness back to your space. And these are easy, simple breaths you can do anytime. Mm, thank you so much for doing that. You just like my belly breathing. I think because I'm, I have a pumpkin. I had a pumpkin um, on my belly, and even just that, like I could feel. I was like making space for mm. baby, and then I could feel baby moving around, and then it was just so cool, like just to like be the body that way. So thank you so much for leading that. Um, tell me a little bit about, you know, where people can find you. I know you have a membership and you're always doing dope shit. Um, so <laughs> where can people find you? They can find me on Instagram at breathe with Bree, or you can find me on my website and the membership at www.highlyevocative.com. 
highly evocative. Highly get ready evocative. to feel. Get ready to feel. Okay. I'll put that in the show notes. Um, you mentioned too that you have an access code if someone wants to try a class or the membership. Yes. So the membership is the daily dose membership. So that is the code daily dose. Come and get your daily dose. We'll breathe. We'll meditate. We'll connect. Love. Love that. I will put that in the show notes and I can't wait to do breath work post baby. Like I want to do work. So, I mean, by the time this goes out, I will already, baby will be into the world and I will be deep in my breath work practice, but, uh, thank you so much. This was so much fun. I just love um, chatting with you. And I know we have talked about doing collaborations in the future. So I know that that is coming. Um, let's see. Okay. So my last question before we wrap up, I'm curious what you think a purpose-driven life means or like, what does a purpose-driven life mean to you? living out my passions and truly connecting with who I am, what I am here to do and not shying away from it, which means stepping in unashamed, unapologetically. And just, this is me weird, crazy with my, my personality and all. And I'm here. So that's a great question. I love it. Purpose-driven life. Great answer. Um, because you know, a lot of us are searching for our purpose and it is so helpful to hear when someone is living in their purpose, like what Mm. that actually means to them. So thank you so much again. It was so much fun. Um, thank you. Last parting thoughts before we wrap up. Oh, well, I want to see pictures of baby, but otherwise, no, I feel like this was just so fun and I'm pumped for all of our 700 ideas we've talked about for the future. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, awesome. Oh, yes. Those are the types of conversations that fuel my soul. I just love talking about these different modalities that help us on our healing journey and also the journey to not just surviving in life, but thriving. And the first step to thriving is healing your body and processing emotions that might be stuck and hidden um, within you. Such a powerful conversation. I just adore Brie. She is a wealth of knowledge and so incredibly helpful. Like she just wants to help no matter what. Uh, And It is so fun learning from her and getting to collaborate. Um, If you loved this episode, these are the types of conversations that go down in the Mind Over Matter method program. I bring in guest experts like Brie to teach this to my group of clients because there are just so many modalities out there. And while I could sit and teach and talk about my experience, there's such power in learning from the amazing community that I have tapped into. So this is what goes down inside the mind over matter method. One of our pillars is feeling. One of the pillars of this method is feeling and processing your emotions, because when you can do that, you can actually learn how to harness the power of your emotions. And once you can do that, you have figured out the secret sauce to getting what you want in life is in fact the ability to feel any difficult emotion, and to create emotion on purpose. And that is exactly what I walk you through within the program. So 
if you are interested in it, enrollment is starting and I would love to chat with you and see if we would be a good fit to work together. So make sure you stay on the lookout for that enrollment. There is a link to sign up for the waitlist. You will be the first to know about doors opening and I would love to see you within the program. All right, my friend, that's it. I hope that you have a beautiful day. Remember to love yourself, own your happiness, feel your feelings, be kind to your mind, and let your light shine because you are so worthy of it, my friend.